What up, what up? What's up, everyone? Welcome to Security Squawk Podcast. I am Brian Horning with Exact IT Solutions. I have my co-hosts, both of them, with me today. Finally, it feels like it's been a while. Reginald Andre from Arc Solvers and Randy Bryan from Tech Rescue. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? Um, welcome to everybody. Uh, we're glad you're tuning in today. Um, I'm coming at you from Texas. And I uh, want to encourage y'all to uh, like and or subscribe, depending on which platform you're watching this on. And also make your comments, um, because most of them will be able to see live and can answer them. Glad to be here. Yeah. What's up, Andre? You've, you've been MIA for a little while, so welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I love the introduction music. Nice little change there. You're welcome. So, uh Oh, of course, my air conditioner just kicked on. Hopefully that doesn't interfere too bad. Um, so today we're going to talk about on the show a few things. Um, number one, hasn't been a ton of chatter on the mainstream media about ransomware or, 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 or very many attacks uh, happening. Uh, but we have some, some things that we want to talk about that say otherwise. Um, so we're going to jump into quite a few ransomware attacks that happened in the past seven days, talk about them, dissect them, uh, figure out, you know, what happened and how you can learn from them and maybe not make the same mistakes in your business uh, when dealing with that. So um, without further ado, I'm going to jump into the first one that I that I shared with you guys. And uh, that's this one about this law firm uh, that was hit with ransomware. Um, and they were a pretty big law firm. So, Andre, what do you know about the law firm? Well, it's uh, Campbell, Corny, and O'Neill, and they're uh, basically a U.S. law firm. They're part of the Fortune 500 group, and they disclosed back in uh, February 2021 that they had a ransomware um, attack. So in February 2021, they had a ransomware attacks, and they became aware of it. But why is it news today? Randy, do you have any any insight on that? Well, I mean, it's news today because there was a breach of data. So it wasn't just that they had ransomware. Um, it looks like the attackers had access to um, individuals' names, date of birth, driver's license number, ID numbers, financial account information, passport. That's a really, really big deal because that stuff is A, worth money on the dark web, and B, um, it's potentially could lead to other breaches of these individuals, whoever's information's out there could lead to other uh, bigger problems down the road, you know, like uh, fraud and things like that. So this brings up an interesting conversation that, um, Andre and I have had in the past, at least I know definitely on this podcast. Um, and that's this whole phenomenon with businesses that love to come out and say no data was stolen or we don't know if data was stolen. Typically, they come out and say no data was stolen. And we're, my math is correct, we're five months after the event and they're releasing this information. So, you know, that's one thing that, that I think businesses and business owners really need to get their head around is in the, in the early days of the event, you probably don't have the information or the data 
or the or the forensics to say whether or not your data has been stolen by the hackers or not. Um, I'm just going to kind of throw it out there, but like we did see that with Kaseya, um, that there was you know they came out pretty quickly after that event and said, "Hey, there was no data stolen from anyone that was encrypted." Um, do you guys think there's any chance that something will play out similar? there with what we're seeing here? Or do you feel confident that the security researchers have that pretty much hit the nail hit on that, the, the head hit on the nail there, whatever. So what do you think? I mean, I mean, it looks, I don't know. They should have, you should probably, if you, if you are making the public aware of a ransomware attack, you probably don't want to come out and say, well, no data was breached until you've done good forensics. If you're not keeping logs on all your traffic on your network, it's going to be really hard to keep to have good forensics in the first place. Um, so I've, I'm, I'm of the policy that if you if this happens to be as forthright and open as you can, that's the way to rebuild trust and get back into uh, everybody's uh, good good graces. I'm not sure if that answered your question. I'm a little unsure about what you're asking. I'm asking, I'm basically saying like, we know Kaseya has come out and said none of the companies that were breached or that were breached in their ransomware attack had any data stolen, right? But it's always five months after the fact. And, we were t- and we're talking three days after the event, they're out here saying, well, no data was stolen from any of these customers. Do you think that we're going to find out otherwise? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And it's, it's like Randy said, it's, it's very premature to say something like that because you just don't know you're still investigating and you're still trying to figure out. And, you know, one day you're going to, you're going to get a hit from the dark web that says your information is out there. And then now what, what do they do? Right. And I, and I kind of agree. I would kind of, uh, what I would say is I would caution anybody from coming out and saying initially in the first days of the attack, uh, even if you hired the best of the best when it comes to security research and forensics, I, I would hold off on making any kind of claims like that. Um, because I know that there was a company not related to Kaseya, who was very involved in releasing information around the Kaseya attack. And while I think their heart was in a good place, I've seen a lot of comments online through um, uh, a lot of comments online through uh, Reddit and through Twitter, where that company's kind of, you know, taken a black eye here and there from some of the comments that they've come out and made as a result of the, of the Kaseya attack. I'm not saying it's warranted. I'm not saying those those comments and opinions are right or wrong, but they are out there. So, um, so that's you know that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, anything else you guys want to add about this particular ransomware attack? Um, yeah, I, I think it's important just because of the clientele of this law firm, um, and I think that's something that business owners need need to be aware of is that. Um, you know, I had a conversation this week with a business and uh, the owner of the company, you know, said he his his and it's interesting the different perspectives you get on what cybersecurity is when you sit down and meet with and talk to as many business owners as I am fortunate enough to to talk with. 
And, you know, this guy basically uses four, four programs, four applications to run his business. Um, and his view of cybersecurity was, well, we just need to protect these four programs. Nothing else matters. Right. And then you start to show him, well, look at all the data that you have stored here and there and over there and over there to support all these applications. And at the end of the day, that's what we're really trying to protect is the data that you're entrusted with. So it's not about protecting the application, so to speak. There is an element of that in all good cybersecurity practices. At the end of the day, we don't want your client data that you're entrusted with to get in the hands of the wrong people, right? So they can encrypt it and I can pull from a backup and get you out of that situation, right? The end, at the end of the day, we're trying to prevent that data from leaving your network and going somewhere that it shouldn't, right? So um, that's kind of how I look at cybersecurity. That's how I look at the value of the data that you're trying to protect and what you're trying to protect. And when you're putting a number on how much am I going to allocate to cybersecurity and how much am I going to pay for cybersecurity, the value of your data or maybe the net worth of the clients that you represent, in this case with this law firm, that is really what you're protecting. Right. So if you're a lawyer who works with high net worth individuals, you have a lot of risk on the line for not make, making sure that that data get, doesn't get compromised and doesn't fall in the hands of the wrong people. Agree, disagree. Have other thoughts on that, guys? No, totally agree. And I would add even although this is one of the biggest law firms, but even on the local level, one of the uh, uh, pushbacks I always get from attorneys is, oh, well, all my information is, you know, public records because it's a criminal case or whatever, the, you know, whatever the case is like that. But even even with that, there's so much information in your investigation that your clients are giving you that has sensitive information. You need to be able to protect that and not just think, oh, OK, you know, all I'm doing is just updating my information to the circuit court and, you know, my data is not important. Hmm. Yeah. And there's also. There's so much more data than just user information that most businesses deal with, especially a lawyer, because you're talking about all of your case information, um, cases between companies, like all of that stuff. Some of it is public information. Uh, some of it are things that happen, you know, behind closed doors and are uh, need to be treated privately, like case settlements and things like that. And people don't realize, like when you open if you look at a pdf you know a case pdf then most likely it's going to get downloaded onto your computer um and then most likely these this these bad actors could have breached it off site and now they have access to all that they can use that not just the social security numbers and things like that but they could take like settlements that were made behind closed doors they could take though that data that information and use it to twist people's arms use it to manipulate people to get even more information or to get more money out of people. Like, so all that, all that stuff needs to basically be as much as you can encrypted to the business, to the network that it's on where it's not usable outside of that business. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff here, a lot of uh, potential uh, for, for bad. Yeah. And this, and this article goes into basically saying like, you know, the headline here is, or the sub headline incident could lead to additional data breaches. 
So like if I'm a business owner, how can, you know, my law firm, you know, my law firm, like let's say I, I hired this law firm. They were my law firm. They have my files, right? How, how can I potentially, as this says right here, depending on if corporate clients data was also stolen during the ransomware attack on Campbell's network, the incident could lead to more data breaches reported in the coming weeks and months. So how can my business be, you know, could be a victim of, of a data breach because my lawyer was a victim of a data breach. How does that work, Andre? Yeah, it could even, let's just take a, a bank statement. You know, maybe my attorney, I needed to prove that I was paying my child support or whatever the case is. And I just uploaded all of the last year's bank statements to my attorney's office. And now the hacker has all 12 months of my of bank statements. And they could take, to use that example, they could literally call up a bank and say, I'm, you know, let's just say it's Joe Smith. You know, I'm Joe Smith. Um, I need to get access to my online account. I've lost up my, I've lost my access or whatever. Um, and then they're like, okay, so we need your full address. Boom, right there on the statement. Okay, we need, you know, we need a, you know, a transaction amount from a certain date. Boom, right there on the statement. There's a lot of things they can do like that. And they can even take, multiple phone calls. So like, like your phone, let's say your phone bill was one of those. I've literally seen where they can take, they can make multiple, the bad actors can make multiple phone calls to your phone company and literally get your number taken from you because they'll call in one time and they'll act like, you know, Oh yeah. Um, give me a hint. I don't remember ever making that password. And they're like, well, it stopped, starts with a D and ends with AUG, you know, and you're like, Oh dog. You're like, okay. Then Next time they call in, they get a little bit of more more information from someone else, and then they can they can use that information to then steal your account away. So, bottom line, we don't want any of this stuff falling into the wrong hands because it can be used in so many different ways. Yep. And the other thing too is is that you know, unless you practice really good cybersecurity hygiene, you're probably using personal type information to create your own passwords, right? And do your own thing. So the more information that a hacker has on a target, and when you are basically a corporate client of this law firm, and now they have all this information on you, you've by default become a target. Um, and now they can try to use, you know, maybe some personal information that they have about you to try to run it through various password crackers, um, and brute force attacks and things like that. Um, the article also mentions, and Randy, you mentioned it earlier uh, in the green room about this stop ransomware.gov. Um, and I, and I, and I think that going through that website next week on our next podcast is a really good topic and just blowing through that whole thing and critiquing it and taking the good and maybe talking about some of the things that are not so good with that whole entire website and program and giving businesses perspective around what they are saying on there because I I'll give you a hint some of the things that they're saying aren't things that are done very easily and it's going to take you some time and effort to get it done um, so you know that's really it do you guys have anything you want to add to this as, as I'm going to switch over to our dermatology clinic that was hit um, but do you have anything you want to add before I uh, switch over nope I think it's a great idea to discuss that website next week Yep. There's a lot of great information on there. Like you said, some of it is 
harder to implement. Some of it takes a long time to implement, but just to give business owners information so they know where they need to start heading. Um, yeah. There's a lot of great information on there. Yep. So the dermatology clinic, uh, this dermatology clinic got hit uh, with ransomware. And the interesting thing here for me is, is that, you know, again, this is not another attack that has made the news like Colonial Pipeline or JBS or Kasey or SolarWinds. We're not hearing about this stuff in the news this week, but these attacks are still happening and things are still happening. So uh, Forefront Dermatology, a Wisconsin-based dermatology practice with affiliated offices in 21 states plus Washington, D.C., is notifying, wow, 2.4 million patients, employees, and clinicians of a recent hacking incident. The incident apparently involved a ransomware strain known as Cuba, which I'm familiar with. You guys familiar with Cuba? No. No? Okay. So um, they have a dark website. They're out there just like everyone else. Not one of the top five, but certainly the top 10, I would say. Um, and the incident is the third largest breach added to the Department of Health and Human Services HIPAA breach reporting tool website so far this year. Randy, I'm going to defer to you first because uh, I know you like to work with HIPAA clients and things like that. So what do you think about the initial reports of this attack here in this article? Well, um, it's actually the third largest um, breach uh, so far this year um, relating to uh, a medical uh, client. And like we said on uh, discussing the last, the last breach, all of this information, one, it's worth money out there on the dark web. And then two, um, it can be used against you. Um, they also are have noticed that there's passwords that are there, login credentials. I mean, not good. And definitely if you're using um, anything related to this dermatology clinic, you're going to want to go in and change your username and password um, ASAP. Um, that way they're not getting in and looking at your information and then using that against you, using that to twist your arm or using that to trick you. Um, to get money out of you in one way or another. So the incident is the third largest healthcare breach of 2021. Um, and the people who spotted the data dump on the dark net, net site uh, said that approximately 47 megs, including more than 130 files with information on the entity system and network uh, with security and backup details and all their logins for vendor sites. So that's what what's been leaked so far um and i had that's not everything uh so as we can see they're using that tactic of dumping you know a little bit and a little bit and a little bit as probably at the same time the ransom demand is going up as they're releasing more and more information um so the risk to business is is a logins and, and passwords are out there um, and then these these other vendor sites, you, you need to be wary because now you have criminal hackers who can now access your platform. You know, you just think from a dermatology standpoint, medical billing and, and charting and all that stuff, um, probably use some kind of cloud vendor for that. And now these logins are are being used and being distributed. So. Um, and then the other thing is, is that your individual risk, right, to your patients. 
um, compromised patient, the clinicians, the employee information that included uh, name, address, date of birth, patient account number, health insurance plan, member ID number, medical record number, dates of service, provider names, and medical and clinical treatment information. Um, so Andre, what can a hacker do with that kind of information? Well, well, we know about 85% of passwords are being reused. And, and this kind of talks about why you should have complex passwords. If your business, like in this case, it's th this business, they're saying that um, more than 40 passwords had forefront in, the, in, in it. And this is why, um, although sometimes it's a pain, you should never, if your company is called, you know, Sherman's Plumbing, you should make sure that you have a policy set in place that no user can have a password with the name Sherman or Plumbing anywhere near it. Because it's just like, hey, it's very easy to guess. And, um, and we can see what happened here in, in this case. Yeah. So, go, ahead, well, go ahead, Randy. Well, to add to that, it says that, that it had forefront in combination with some digits and an exclamation point. So I will tell everybody for the record, an exclamation point or a dollar sign does not make it hack proof. <laughs> yep. So one of the interesting things is um, that uh, I had a conversation with a reporter uh, about um, – when I posted the video for before the Kasei attack on July 4th, right? When I said there's probably going to be major attacks over the weekend. Um, and one of the things I told them is like pretty much every holiday weekend, we see an uptick in cyber attacks because these guys are betting that most of these companies are running on skeleton crews and they feel like they can, you know, achieve more uh, when this stuff is done after hours and over holidays. And, now look at the dates that are that are going here. Now the the reporter asked me to name names of companies that I knew that got hacked over Memorial Day weekend as part of our story, um, and I and I couldn't disclose those names because this information wasn't public and I wasn't going to do that. But here we go. Now we have a public one. Look at the dates here. June fourth, they the the forefronts IT the forensics uh, folks did an investigation and the they were their uh, unauthorized parties gained access to Forefront's IT network between May 28th and June 4th, which is literally the week after Memorial Day weekend. If, if I think May 28th was Memorial Day. It was. So, so I mean, you know, May 28th was not Memorial Day. It was the Friday before. So... <laughs> May 31st was Memorial Day. So, there. I mean, there you go. I mean, there's and, – and this is one that made public and probably only was made public because why, Randy? It's a HIPAA violation, right? Yeah, right. Um, anything else you guys want to add to this one? Um, pretty interesting. Um, it's a big deal in my opinion, right, because it's it's uh, it's HIPAA. It's It's – financial service. I mean, it's uh, healthcare, right? So mm -hmm. you know, it's a big deal. So next one we're going to jump into is uh, the clothing manufacturer Guess. And I'm sure a lot of people know who Guess is, right? So uh, billion dollar fashion brand Guess sent letters out to unknown people whose information 
they lost during a ransomware attack in February. Um, so have you guys, were you guys aware that Guess was ransomware in February? No. No, not till today. So I'm not sure when they actually released the initial information, um, but basically the risk to, to businesses here is, is that um, they were hit with a ransomware attack from an unexpected source, DarkSide. Uh, sources are mixed as to whether this is a new operation or an old one just coming to light. Guests would not confirm that the, inc that the incident occurred, but dark web researchers uncovered 200 gigabytes of data from the fashion brand on a leak site. No consumer financial information was reported as stolen. Um, so basically they're saying that they found 200 gigabytes of data from the fashion brand, um, but there's been no confirmation that consumer or personal or financial information has been compromised. So um, I guess what I'm going to say is, is I'm going to go find out where this is on the dark web and I'm going to see what's out there because I, I would like to know if this is a little bit of, you know, a bigger thing that they have their hands on or did they release all 200 gigabytes? Of right. So 200 gigabytes is a lot. I mean, it is, uh, you know, so, you know, I obviously they're saying this is kind of like a medium risk, but the end of the day, dark side went away. Right. Right. Am I wrong? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure dark side went away pretty hardcore. I mean, at least their leak site did. So this information is probably leaked out somewhere else. Well, yeah, Dark, Dark Side is the one who did Colonial Pipeline. And in right. the case, yes, that they right. did go away. Yeah. They're, 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 I know that their Dark Web's leak site is gone. Um, it's been gone since Colonial Pipeline. Um, so it's interesting. I'm going to look into this a little bit for everybody. I'll get back to you next week on what I uncover. But, um, you know, 200 gigabytes of data on, on a leak site, um, you know, the question here is, is did they get information of customers, financial information, credit card information? What did they get? You know, what do they have? Um, but there's been no confirmation that consumer personal or financial information is yeah. compromised. To be clear, Go ahead. Um, that's for consumers, but employee right. information was, was yeah. stolen. Correct. Yes. And I'm sure they have thousands and thousands of employees. So, well, I mean, yeah, Guess is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think they own a few different brands. Yeah. Um, so, and I I'll, I'll, I'll add to that real quick. Um, also, it's 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 very important too because think of all their patents that they have for their 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 clothing, or few, you know, maybe they're talking about next year's summer line. So like all of this information is out, someone sells it to China and then from there they manufacture the clothes and the underground black market. So it's a lot of, a lot of information out there. Plus they could find out Randy's pants size. <laughs> it looks like they grabbed financial records um, and they knew the company brought in nearly 2.7 billion in revenue. Um, and then we recommend using your insurance, which just covers this case. It will bring you four times more than you spend on acquiring such valuable experience. <laughs> so what this guys, what this is saying is this is literally what they tell you when they hit you with ransomware. They 
look at your financials and they say you're not spending very much on cybersecurity and you make a lot of money. So the money that we're asking for you, and this is legitimate. This is literally how these guys think. They don't think that they're breaking into your system and breaking the law. They, the way that they approach this and the way that they think about this stuff is you're not doing security good enough. I was able to get into your network. And now that I was able to show you, I'm able to get into your network. You owe me money because I just gave you my unsolicited expertise. And now you owe me money for that. And that's literally what this guy is saying here is this is like, we recommend that you use your insurance because they probably have the insurance policy and it will bring you four times more than you spend on acquiring such a valuable experience, right? So they're basically saying, we're giving you the experience of teaching you that you're not doing things right and you're going to learn how to do things right based on this event and you need to pay us for this now. And we know you're not spending that money, much money on it as it is. So in one little sentence, they're kind of saying a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's how these guys operate. They don't look at it like they're being criminals. They look like they look at it like they're helping you, even though you didn't ask for it. Right. So they're doing you a favor, right? It's like, it's like I got a dead tree in my yard. Right. And if it would be <laughs> like if a guy showed up with a chainsaw and cut it down and said, hey, you owe me 1500 bucks now because I just cut this tree down. And you, even though you didn't ask me to do it, look, you, you didn't, you know, you didn't invest in any money to, to take it down. So I'm, I'm doing it for you. And now you owe me money after the fact. Yeah. Right. But they, but you know, instead of, you know, with the tree getting cut down analogy, they're putting the tree across your driveway and saying, you can't leave until you pay me. You know, that's what they're doing here. Like, you can't use your system until you, you pay me. So uh, interesting and, you know, good perspective to give people to show them what we're doing here. So we're going to just go into this one last article here. We're going to wrap up here in the next five minutes. Do you guys have anything you want to add to this particular uh, breach? Or are nope. we good there? We're good. All right. So the next one we're going to go into is um, – and the last one, and we're going to go quickly, is Mint Mobile. And Mint Mobile is a mobile app, right? Um, and they are, uh, they said an unauthorized person gained access to their data, including subscriber account information, and also ported phone numbers uh, to another carrier. And Randy, that's kind of what you were talking about earlier. Yep. Uh, and then the individual risk uh, is exposed client data may include name, address, phone number, email address, passwords, bill amount, international call detail information, telephone number, account number, and subscription features. So Mint is a mobile network carrier. So this is you know, like T-Mobile, Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, Mobile. This is just another mobile company. Um, so they they hold a lot of, of information plus phone numbers. And if you have enough information about an account, account numbers, things like that, you can port numbers and get them under your control and under your custody. And like Randy, if I... If I know your phone number and I have enough information on you and I know who your provider is, it's very easy for me to call up and act like I'm Randy Bryan 
and say, hey, I'm, I want to move my services over to AT&T or, you know, some voiceover IP provider. That's usually what happens, right? Yep. Um, some shady voiceover IP company. I, I want to use them and I want to move this number from here to there, right? And then what happens when I do that? If I get that number ported, A, number one, you don't know that that's even happening until the number's gone. Right. And usually your service is screwed up or something like that. But now what can a hacker do once they have control of said phone number? Well, a lot of people have their phones set up for second level authentication. Yeah. In fact, there's a ton of accounts out there that that's the only second level authentication that you have is through your phone. So if they can port your number, maybe they already have. And these 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 bad actors, I mean, they're not just going around willy-nilly in the dark. I mean, they might have a subset of uh, 100,000 people that they have login information for. And then now they need to get access to their phones so they can get second level authentication. And so, boom, they start taking these accounts and getting Mint Mobile to switch them over. Um, and then next thing you know, you have your second level authentication is in the hands of somebody else. So... It's not, it's not a pretty picture. And I'll give you even a better one. Real quick story. Yesterday, um, I realized I needed to make a change on our company T-Mobile account uh, for our cell phones. And I called, but the, the authentication was, was not going to me. It was actually going to an employee's cell phone. I'm not sure how that happened. And what did they ask me? T-Mobile asked me for my tax ID, which is public information, my, my name, company name. And then from there, all they did was send an account um reset to my email address where if the hacker had access to my email and knew all of that information just like that they just got access to my employee to all our employee accounts and then from like randy says you can do password resets and and it sends a message to the to the cell phone and they're in and they can, they just logged into your microsoft 365 account if you had um you know the two form factor set up via text message yeah and this this kind of why we're bringing this up and why we're highlighting this stuff is it just goes to show you of all the attacks we've talked about and the four that we've highlighted today, they've all gone down down using different ways, different methods. The the tool chest and the Swiss Army knife that these guys have to work with is is unbelievable. Like you put things like two-factor in place, but then you have guys out here who are trying to compromise the two-factor mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's just never ending. And everybody needs to understand that cybersecurity has become a, a thing that everybody has to have some personal responsibility towards if you're going to use technology. And that's, you know, that's the bottom line. And that's the big takeaway from, from the podcast today is that, you know, individuals need to start being mindful of cybersecurity and what's going on and understanding that using things like password reuse is, is a huge no-no today. You shouldn't be using the same password because things like this happen. If you're using a password at Mint Mobile and you're using that same password or similar passwords across multiple sites, once these hackers identify you as an individual, they find your LinkedIn, they find your Facebook you know, they they start to learn where you live and maybe what banks you could possibly be doing business with, because maybe a lot of banks are still regional or local. Start trying to log into those types of accounts. This is how stuff and, and individuals get hacked. 
And, you know, just to wrap up, it is basically saying that they don't know how they got hacked. Mint Mobile. Hmm. It's, we don't know if it's likely that the hackers use user accounts or compromised the Mint Mobile application used to manage customers. So basically they're saying that either they knew a password for maybe an employee or somebody who had inside access, or they they abused a, a Mint Mobile application used to manage customers. So who knows what happened and how it went down. Hopefully we, we find out and they disclose it. Um, but, you know, today's show was really just to illustrate attacks are still happening just because they're not on NBC and CNN and they're the, they're the, they're the you know, news uh, cycle du jour. Um, they're still happening every day. And we still only hear about one out of every 20 that even make the news at the level of industry news, right? That's what we showed you today is what was in the industry news that we were able to dig up. Um, you know, probably one out of every 100 show up on, you know, mainstream media or your local news. Um, and to get on like national news, you're probably talking about one out of every 1,000 or 2,500 um, attacks that actually happen. So my goal here today was to, Paint the picture that this stuff is still going on just because it's not in front of you on the news. It's still happening. It's happening all over the place. Tell your friends and family, share out our podcast, let them get educated, let them start understanding this stuff. Um, and that's all we ask when we when we produce this content. So any uh, closing words for, for our uh, audience here, guys? Start with Randy and we'll go over to Andre. Yeah, I would I would definitely encourage our listeners, if you don't already have one, to get a password keeper of some sort. Um, <laughs> the good ones will actually tell you what passwords have been breached that are known. Just rattle but, off some names that you're familiar with. So um, Bitwarden uh, um, is a really good one. Keeper, LastPass, Passportal. Those are some of the ones I've heard of. MyKey. LastPass, um, right? Yeah. RoboForms, another one. But get you one that literally tells you if your password has been known to be released in a breach. Um, I realize that, you know, we only probably see a percentage of those on the dark web, but it's it's better than never. And they can also tell you if your passwords are being, if you're reusing them, you know. So definitely would encourage people to get that. All right, Andre, take us home. You're going to have the last word. The biggest cybersecurity cyber risk to your business is your employees. Train your employees. Mention it in your meeting. Bake that into your company, your company culture, so that your employees are trained and that you don't get hacked because they did something stupid or, or a mistake. And I agree with that. That is awesome advice. And Mr. CEO, listening to this, be humble. You are also an employee of your company. You are not above the laws of cybersecurity because you are the head honcho and you've been running your computer for 20 years with admin rights and you've never had ransomware. That is not a good reason to continue that horrible practice um, <laughs> and understand that CEOs, C-level people, management have to follow the same rules as uh, as the rest of the rest of the employees, and that goes for IT people too. IT people, you need to do things the right way too. 
and they'll be running your system with admin rights as well and mm-hmm. you know log into things the right way don't just be lazy and, and do stuff like that so that's it for me thanks uh for all your support everyone out there keep sharing out our show keep downloading our podcast keep rating our podcast share it out with your family and friends that's all we ask and we'll come at you next week and we'll uh we'll deep dive into stop ransomware.gov the new ransomware site that was put out by the white house so See you all on the other side. Take care. Have a great weekend. See you next week. Bye.